Hey guys, it's Simmy, and this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited, as we are here on the 25th of May, 2022, to talk about everything that went down tonight on AEW Dynamite, the final AEW Dynamite, before this Sunday's AEW Double or Nothing pay-per-view. Also, if you guys see me wincing like this, oh, my feet are still badly I guess you say swollen. I got sunburnt this weekend on my shoulders and arms, both sides, feet, and my feet got so bad that they are sw swollen, like swollen. So like, it just hurts all the time. I've been putting aloe vera on it, but my thing right now is always wear sunscreen. You're gonna be out in the sun. Always, 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 always. Wear sunscreen when you're going to be out in the sun because it's no fun. I mean, look. Look at that. Ow, 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 ow. But we're here to talk about Dynamite. Again, the final Dynamite before this Sunday's AEW pay-per-view. AEW double or nothing. I thought tonight's show was a really good go-home show. I really, really did. Opened up with a strong match. Closed with a not-as-strong match, but still pretty strong match. So, yeah. This is going to be really, really fun over the next couple of days because we've got we got Rampage on Friday that's going to air live. Then we've got the Fan Fest where maybe some news comes out of that on Saturday. I don't know other than there's a BTE title match, but I mean, what does that really mean? Does that really matter? No. And then we got the pay-per-view on Sunday, but with that, also I want to remind you that this Sunday, all of our live streams will be moving over to twitch.tv forward slash, forward slash PWUnlimited. We will no longer be doing our live streams live on YouTube or Twitter. But as soon as we finish them over on um, YouTube, no, Twitch, they will then immediately get uploaded to YouTube. I'm going to try some different things to see how quick we can get that to happen as far as how fast those can be uploaded. Or, yeah, as fast, how fast those can be uploaded to YouTube. We'll figure it out. We'll see how it goes. And we'll do some trial and error stuff over the first couple of days just to see the quickest way to get the pay-per-view up if you're not able to watch it on Twitch. But again, go to twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, and you'll be able to check all of that out. And you don't even have to make a Twitch account. You don't even have to make a Twitch account to watch live on Twitch. But if you are watching on Twitch right now, greatly appreciate it if you hit that donate button down below. Or donate Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can subscribe to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription, or you could be like somebody that goes, eh, I don't have the money, but I pay for Amazon Prime. Well, you take that Amazon Prime account. Oh, it just, it itches. It's starting to peel. It itches. Take that Amazon Prime account. You take that Twitch account. You link them together. Bada bing, bada boom. You're Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things, like free games, which I wonder what the new free games are going to be starting next week. That's a good question. I don't know if they've announced those yet. Free games, like right now, for the remainder of May, you get Dead Space 2. You get free stuff for games like Grand Theft Auto Online, Valorant, Fall Guys, and so forth. But the one thing that never changes is you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you subscribed right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. On the flip side, if you're watching over on YouTube, you can help us out over there as well with a super chat or a super sticker donation. Remember, all super chats do get read live on the air. 
Also remember to hit that join button down below. You can become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Also remember that this week, we'll be putting out our Double or Nothing graphics package for you guys who are Tier 2 subscribers or higher. They can just use. They can go out, modify, edit, and use however you guys want, whether that is as a member on YouTube or if you're subscribed, patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited. I say subscribing over at Patreon is the better move because if you subscribe at Patreon, that way everything is in a more concise and easy to find area, space, realm, I guess you want to call it, whatever. It's easier to find all the stuff that you're getting for your subscription over at Patreon. Unlike on YouTube, where you got to scroll through all the community posts to find, oh, whoop, that's a member post. Oh, whoop, that's a member post. So patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Whether you're buying a new game, buying an old game, or claiming one of the free games, it's going to ask you if you have a creator code. And you do. It's PWUnlimited. Again, that code is PWUnlimited. Also, remember, if you are getting V-Bucks for Fortnite, Show Bucks for... for Fall guys or whatever bucks they call for Rocket League. Gonna ask you for a creator code there as well. And again, it's right here. It's PW Unlimited. But with that, we've got dynamite to talk about as MJF opened up this show. Cage was down before the show started. MJF came out in an absurdly Shawn Michaels esque Burberry patterned referee outfit. Wardlow or Spears came out next, and then out came Wardlow, accompanied by security, without the music, and basically they're trying to make him Goldberg. They talked about how he doesn't need music or pyro or a Titantron video. The fans are going to be the ones that make the entrance here, and you hear the fans, Wardlow, Wardlow, and I'm like, oh man, they so make, they want this guy to be Goldberg so bad. They want this guy to be Bill Goldberg so bad. Fonzie, we should have the double or nothing. If everything goes according to plan, double or nothing uh, predictions should be up tomorrow. We're going to be recording those in the morning. But we did get a steel cage match. Sean Spears against Wardlow. If Wardlow wins, he gets the shot. He gets the match with MJF at double or nothing. But hey, MJF was the referee here. So before the match, MJF couldn't find the key to uncuff Wardlow and allowed Spears to attack. Then MJF attacked, making this kind of like a handicap match. It drove Wardlow face first into the cage wall. Wardlow then came back on Spears while handcuffed. MJF tried to bait Wardlow into attacking him, spinning in his face. But Wardlow then ripped apart the cuffs. You ripped apart the cuffs. What? What? Uh, you say what's in Saturday? I, since Saturday says in the chat, I gotta say, MJF did a great officiate did did a great officiating in this match. Despite the way that, despite the way the ending went, are you kidding me? Are you? So you're saying all referees should get involved in matches? All referees should be biased and help one side over the other? All referees should attack one of the opponents and or one of the participants of the match? That's what you're saying, brother. That's what you're saying. MJF did a good job. So you're saying MJF attacking Wardlow was a good job. I think you just like heels. A lot of times you are always trying to stick up for the heels and try to 
justify what the heels do. I think you're just a, a heel fan overall, Sin Saturday. Hence the name, Sin. I don't know. But yeah, well, saying that a guest referee that was biased and attacked one of the guys is a good referee? Yeah, okay. Anyways, Wardlow broke free and he beat down Spears. Wardlow landed a senton atomico on Spears. Covered. Oh, I just smacked my foot on my desk. But MJF didn't make the count. Wardlow set up for a powerbomb symphony, but MJF kicked him low and Spears hit the C4. MJF attempted a fast count, but Wardlow still kicked out in time. Spears left the cage and produced his chair. MJF. Also, Spears left the cage. And I go, well, shouldn't he have just won? Did they ever say that leaving the cage doesn't count? I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that it was only pinfall submission or whatever. Or DQ. Which kind of DQ. DQ if someone attacks the referee. But, so I was kind of confused there. But I don't think they ever said escaping the cage was not allowed or did not necessitate a win. I don't know. Actually, if you think about it, have any AEW cage matches ever been won by leaving the cage? I don't think so. Which basically makes an AEW cage match their version of Hell in a Cell. Except for, you can get out, I guess, apparently. Anyways. Spears left the cage to produce the chair. MJF set Wardlow up to be struck by the chair, but Wardlow evaded it, and Spears inadvertently landed a nasty nasty, unprotected headshot to MJF. Saturday says, look, I'm just explaining the truth of how we've seen it on television. I'm not sticking up to anybody. I just don't like Wardlow. No, you're sticking up for MJF, calling him a good referee, even though he was a biased, bad referee. A good referee calls it down the middle. A good referee does not attack anybody in the match. So, uh, no. You could be a not a Wardlow fan, but to say that MJF was a good referee, no. Just saying. Anyways, MJF gets knocked out. I don't think they should have done the chair shot like that. Do a chair shot, but don't do unprotected. He's lucky, for all we know, that he didn't get ripped open like when Cody took that unprotected chair shot. Anyways, Wardlow pulled the straps down, and I think it was uh, Excalibur goes, Oh, you know what that means when the straps go down? He then did the Powerbomb Symphony. Bryce Remsburg would then run out to officiate the rest of this match. Wardlow then Powerbomb Spears again on a chair this time and picked up the victory. After the match, the entire security detail ran in and was subsequently leveled by Wardlow. The last guy got Powerbombed outside of the ring between the cage and the ring. Wardlow climbed the cage and celebrated as MJF versus Wardlow was officially announced for Double or Nothing. Next up, we see the JAS, the Jericho Appreciation Society. They were backstage. They walked up to some guy backstage. I don't even know who he was, but he was wearing a Moxley shirt. It looked like maybe he was a stagehand or something. I don't know. They made fun of him for wearing a Moxley shirt. They go, oh, that's a Mox shirt. Why are you wearing a Mox shirt? And Jericho threw a fireball in his face. Because, well, he's a wizard. Next up, we had an amazing face-to-face -face between Hangman Page and CM Punk. This was great. Both men made their full entrances. Punk said the biggest moment of his career happened in Las Vegas, and he'd walk out of Double or Nothing as the champion. Page said that there's nothing Punk could do to him to take this title away. Punk doesn't know why Page, Punk 
doesn't know why Paige is taking things so personally because for him, just business. All he's here for is the belt. But Paige, Paige made it personal. Paige said, when he talked about annihilating and embarrassing Punk, he didn't mean he was going to do it at double or nothing. He just meant he was going to do it in Vegas. So why not right now? He fantasized about letting a pipe bomb loose in Punk's face. But now, in the moment, he can't do it. He can't do it because it's exactly what Punk would want him to do. What Punk would do, and he says whatever Punk would do, is wrong. To the truth, uh, the truth is that Paige doesn't hate Punk. He almost pities him, actually. Paige doesn't think Punk has what it takes to be the champion because of the little moments. Paige loves this place, and a double or nothing, we defending AEW from CM Punk. Basically, he thinks that if CM Punk is, is running AEW, it's all about Punk and not the company. Punk is only going to think for himself and not what's best for AEW. Punk simply said that he doesn't know why Paige is so angry and where this all came from. If Paige is so upset, he's right here. He's ready. Let's go. He's going to have something. Ab- he's going to have to do something about it, though, this weekend, eventually. The road that Paige traveled, paved by Punk. Punk said AEW is only here because the blueprint I laid out. He demanded that Paige shake his hand. He said that that blueprint only became a thing because of the trees that I knocked down. He said, regardless, you're going to shake my hand one way or another one day. He then uh, he demanded Paige shake his hand. He then shoved him. Getting, getting a right hand in return, Punk was on the mat and smiled. Paige left. I thought this was really, really good. I really enjoyed this segment. A couple good talking segments on this show, actually. I have to stretch my foot out again. If I keep it just in one position too long and it gets stiff, it really hurts. It's that swollen. They're like, I got to keep it moving. Sometimes I got to like fully stretch it out. Oh, man. The video package played hyping Jade Cargill versus Anna Jay. They're like, yeah, the title's on the line. Jade's like, well, she already beat her for the title. Why am I doing this again? And Jay said that, that, you know, she's grown ever since losing to Jade the last time. And now she's beaten some veterans and thinks she can beat Jade. Next up, Regal and Jericho joined commentary. John Moxley and Eddie Kingston took on the team of Private Party for this next match. Kingston and Moxley attacked for the bell and completely dominated early on. And Enziguria, though, allowed Quinn spring in for a hot tag. Both the private party landed dives. Cassidy hit a diving stunner before Quinn landed a shooting star press for a two. Private party wanted the silly string, but Kingston hit a uh, 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 Kingston hit a Jurekin and Moxley landed in clubbing blows before hitting the paradigm shift to pick up the victory. I think I spelt that word way wrong and that's why it confused me. After the match, the Jericho Appreciation Society beat down Moxley and Kingston, but Santana and Ortiz and Brian ran out to make the save, which surprised me. Because Tony Khan said the only reason Kingston was in this match was because Danielson was still injured from last week when he got his foot caught between the stage and the, or the ramp in the ring. So I guess he's not really that hurt. This was all broken up or broke this all broke down with some weapons until officials excuse me, officials made the save or the they stopped the brawl, I guess you could say. 
video package hyped up two semifinal matches coming up later on tonight for the Owen Hart Cup. And then got very cool surprise, Caprice Coleman on commentary for the for the ROH Tag Team title match. Very cool to see Caprice Coleman on Dynamite tonight. I've always been a fan of Caprice on commentary. Wish we could have had Caprice and Ian Riccoboni, but hey, can't have it all. Someone's screaming outside. Not to hell. Okay. Anyways. We have the ROH World Tag Team titles on the line. FTR defending against Roppongi Vice. Rocky and Cass wrestled early on. And they had a nice exchange here early doing some technical moves and whatnot. There was once uh, there was one spot of a cross arm breaker forcing Cash to roll to the floor. Dax and Trent tagged in and performed a more physical back and forth with hard chops. Now, here's one thing I want to say about this. So I think Trent is no longer in Best Friends. We saw this week on BTE. Yeah, I barely ever watched BTE, but for some reason I watched it this week. Where Chuck Taylor, Chucky T, whatever you want to call him, had a Best Friends t-shirt, and he literally cut the Trent face off of the t-shirt. So I wonder if this means that Pongi Vice is a thing and Trent is no longer part of Best Friends. Regardless, there was an assisted elbow drop from Cash for a two. Rocky got a blind tag and a half and half suplex from Trent for a two ahead of a break. Back from the commercial break, Dax got the hot tag and fought off both members of Rapongi Vice until Trent was able to whip Dax hard into the turnbuckle. We follow this up with a released German suplex, a couple of them actually, until Dax switched in some of his own. Rocky broke up a bridging pin and a double stomp. Why is Nick? Hold on one second. Nick is blowing up my Twitter right now. Let's see why. Okay, nothing pertinent for right now. Rapongi Vice hit the rising double knees on Dax. Rocky ran interference on Cash before hitting a diving drop kick followed by Trent's sliding lariat for a two. Trent and Dax exchanged repeated cradles until Rapongi Vice hit the Storm Zero for a good near fall. But it was only a good near fall, not the actual near fall, as out came the United Empire sans Will Ospreay. It was Jeff Cobb and the Great O'Conn. Yes, Jeff Cobb and the Great O'Conn ran out and attacked both teams, where in the end, they stood tall with the ROH World Tag Team Championship. So could this be our first match made for Forbidden Door? Will it be Cobb and O'Conn challenging FTR for the ROH Tag Titles, or maybe even doing a triple threat with Rapongi Vice in there as well, kind of like the Buffer Team? as far as the the AEW guys, but also New Japan guys as well. You got Rocky, who is full-time with New Japan, but works ROH sometimes. You got Trent, who is full-time AEW, not ROH, AEW, but used to be full-time New Japan. I don't know. We'll see. It's either going to be a singles match or a doubles match, but I do feel that this is going to be the first match officially announced, if they haven't already on social media, announced for the actual Forbidden Door show. Nothing has been announced yet. And I think this was the first setup for that show. So after the match, after the DQ, the no contest, whatever you want to call it, Cobb and Ocon beat down both teams. Cobb hit the tour of the islands and powerbombed Dax through a table. Ocon did the same with the Eliminator to Trent for standing tall with the ROH tag titles. 
Good question, Hot Rod Bubba. If you don't watch Ring or New Japan, then you wouldn't know what I meant with United Empire. So, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Will Ospreay started his own faction called the United Empire. It consists of Will Ospreay, Jeff Cobb, Great Ocon, and Aaron Hanare. I believe there are a few guys in Rev Pro that are also considered part of United Empire, but I'm not 100% sure, so don't quote me on that. I think there is that Osprey kind of considers part of this group as well, but the New Japan version of United Empire is led by, by Will Osprey, and it also has Jeff Cobb, Great Ocon, and Aaron Hanare. So that is what United Empire is. Just another New Japan stable, because everyone's got to be in some sort of a group. Backstage, we've got the Hardys. Matt talked about how the Young Bucks are similar to them. They may have similar upbringings with the same kind of parents, but when, when the Bucks and the Hardys came up in wrestling, that was nothing. There's nothing similar about that. Matt said that whenever somebody looks at the Young Bucks, all they see are, well, Hardy cosplayers. Jeff said that the Bucks were just stepping stones on their way to the AEW World Tag Team titles. Matt said that they would delete the Bucks at Double or Nothing because, well, the Bucks can never beat the Hardys. But I want to look something up really fast. Because didn't the Bucks already beat the Hardys once? Let me see, let me see, let me see. Yeah, the Young Bucks defeated the Hardys in a ladder match at Supercard of Honor 2017 the day before the Hardys went to WWE. So, uh, you know, Matt over here saying that you never have and you never will beat the Hardy Boys, Young Bucks. Ain't true. Now, I could see if you didn't want to bring up the past, talk about this match because of the company it's in, but hey, it's all the same now. ROH is basically part of AEW. So, so it's not like you're coming to WWE and you go, oh, they faced in the past, but... No, we don't talk about that because it's not WWE. No, you can talk about that. So why Matt said, oh, well, uh, you can't beat us and you've never been able to beat us ain't true. They beat you in a ladder match in 2017 at Supercard of Honor. Nothing move forward. We had a triple threat match that was really fun. It was Swerve Strickland, Jungle Boy, and Ricky Starks. They all tried to go to the win really quickly here as they all traded roll-ups early. Swerve popped Jungle Boy up in a, into a Hurricane Rana onto Starks, but Starks tripped Jungle Boy up and landed a lariat on the floor. He did this before avoiding a dive from Swerve and sending him into the barricade. Starks was in control, heading to a commercial break. Oh. Once back from the break, there was an apron Hurricane Rana from Jungle Boy that sent Swerve to the floor. Back in the ring, Jungle Boy hit a sliding elbow to the back of Swerve's head for a two. There was an Olympic slam on Starks. They got two more. Swerve brought Jungle Boy to the top rope. Then Starks got involved and they jockeyed for position. Swerve pushed Starks to the floor. Jungle Boy attempted a reverse Hurricane Rana and Swerve landed on his feet. Swerve then went for a big vertical suplex but was cut off with a spear from Starks. Follow this up with the Michinoku driver for a two. Stark poked Swerve in the eye and hit a Rochambeau. But Jungle Boy put Starks in the snare trap. They struggled for a long time until Swerve broke it up and hit a jumping thrust kick. 
There, we then saw the Swerve Stomp on Starks that picked up the victory. Swerve actually wins here tonight. After the match, Powerhouse Hobbs attacked Swerve and Jungle Boy. Luchasaurus ran down to make the save. Keith Lee then emerged. There was a Luchasaurus tail whip. Dispatched to Hobbs before Lee landed a slingshot dive onto Hobbs and Luchasaurus onto the floor. We got Dan Lambert in the back with Men of the Year. Lambert said uh, busting up Sky's title would get them the match they wouldn't get them the match they wanted. He, though, already, however, already ordered a new belt for Sky, and that belt will be presented to him on Rampage. So I wonder what this new belt's going to look like. Are we getting a newly designed TNT title? Or is it just the same belt? I don't know. Uh, Tyler Smith. See, I find it better to invite a friend over and split the cost. I got my ways to watch the pay-per-view. I'm just going to say right now. Yes, I pay for Peacock. And that's how I watch WWE pay-per-views. But other than that, I don't pay for any other pay-per-view. Whether that's UFC, whether that's anything. Just going to say it. You guys follow my channel back in the day. I showed you guys ways how to get, you know, USA and stuff that I have to pay for it. So you think I'm paying for this $50 pay-per-view? Heck no. I'm going to say it right now. Heck no. I got my ways. I know how to get these pay-per-views. Trust me. I can bootleg just about anything. They got a Thunder Rosa promo, which was really good. Usually Thunder Rosa promos kind of fall flat for me, but I really liked this one. Mother Rosa said, right now I'm going to be real. I am Mel. And I'm grateful to be the champion and has never complained. And then I go, wait, how'd you get your belt back? Serena Deeb left with it last week. Thunder Rosa addressed Deeb and said that she wasn't a champion and doesn't deserve to be one. All she wants to do is point fingers and talk about her what does she call it? I didn't write this down word for word. But she said something about you want to talk about your unnecessary cosmetic changes. Because you wanted, she's like, you were disrespectful, not only to me, but to Tony here, my mentor, Dustin Rhodes, and all these fans. And on Sunday, you won't be getting Mel. The war paint will come on and you will be getting the Mera Mera. At double or nothing. I will teach Serena Deeb respect. Oh, this was solid. This was probably the best Thunder Rosa promo we've seen in AEW. I think, I think this was. It's got some good promos. A lot of times their promos are kind of just meh because they usually seem like they're rushed. This one did seem a little bit rushed, but it was strong. I thought it was very strong. She wasn't done with her promo when her music played, though. She's like going and going and going. And then her music starts playing, and she goes, And I will teach Deeb respect a double or nothing. In the back, Red Velvet was there. And I'm like, eh, whatever, this is nothing. She complained about losing in the tournament. Ruby Soho then walked up and she was like, uh, Red Velvet, that is, was like, I was supposed to face you in the tournament. Nah, nah, now I got, you know, I got beat by, like, she's just bitching. I'm like, really? You're just going to bitch? Velvet offered Soho a notebook of information on how to beat Chris Statlander. And I'm like, wait, what? You couldn't beat her? What, what, what kind of notes you got? Soho said that, she didn't need the notebook because this is a new Statlander that she's up against. I thought this was 
very unnecessary. This was a pointless segment. So yeah, not needed at all. And they had our first Owen Hart semifinal, Owen Hart Cup semifinal matches for the women's side of the things. It was Dr. Britt Baker against Tony Storm. It wasn't all that great. It was actually rough in some points. Like it wasn't really, uh, you would think, oh, Britt Baker, Tony Storm, this match should slap. Nope. At one point, these women looked like they were moving in slow motion. You could see when they were throwing elbows. I think it was Britt threw an elbow that 100% you could see did not connect. So it's like, not the best here. Not the best. So they performed some extended technical exchanges early on, then moved outside with more of a brawl until Storm was sent face first into the steel steps ahead of a commercial break. Back from the break, Storm started a comeback with a swinging DDT and a hip attack. She hit an Alabama slam, but, ooh, she did this Alabama slam. And usually, you know, you see, like, guys like Drew McIntyre do the Alabama slam and others as well. And you, whoever's taking it, usually, you land right, you do the flat back bump. But when Britt came around for this, I don't know who's to blame, but Britt landed right on her tailbone, right on her ass, right, like, ooh, it didn't look good. It was, like, right top of her booty, tailbone area. And I'm like, oh. I don't know if that was Britt not rotating back enough or Tony Storm the way she whipped her over too hard or something. I don't know. But she didn't take that flat back bump like you normally see from an Alabama slam. She landed on her tailbone here. Uh, Baker at one point though countered a Storm Zero into an air raid crash. Out would then come Jamie Hayter as the referee is putting gloves on and well, you see Tony Storm Bleeding from the nose. Hater came out and Baker was like, I don't want you out here. What are you doing out here? Storm then rolled up Baker with a distraction, but only got a two off of it. Baker hit almost a lightning spiral for a near fall. Storm came back with a released German suplex. Storm knocked Hater off the apron and Baker was able to roll up Storm and hold the ropes and then have, this is kind of awkward because like, Storm was, or Baker was holding the ropes, but like, you look like she was about to fall over. So then Jamie ran over and grabbed her to hold her. Yeah. So Britt Baker wins by cheating. She will then face that double or nothing. The winner of Chris Stantlander versus Ruby Soho. I mean, how many times have we already seen Baker versus Ruby? So I, it's been a while, I guess, since we've seen Baker versus Statlander. So give me that one. Yet at the same time, Statlander was a replacement. So maybe Ruby was the plan all along. Ruby, I don't know. Regardless, I think Britt wins the whole thing. I think we're going to get Britt and Cole, Baker and Cole winning both tournaments, and then they're going to be the couple that brags about it for months. Also, have they said, let me know, because I don't, I don't, if, maybe I just haven't been paying attention. Have they said what the winner actually gets? The bragging rights? Is it a title shot? What does the winner even get for winning the Owen? They got, couple of matches announced for Rampage. Owen Hart Cup semifinals like we just talked about. Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander. Young Bucks will be in action ahead of their match at the pay-per-view. And Brian Danielson will take on Matt Seidel with, of course, William Regal on commentary. They then did a quick rundown of the Double or Nothing card. If I can do my best Excalibur. On the buy-in, we got Hook and Dan Housen taking on Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling. We got the finals of the Women's Owen Hart Cup tournament where Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, will be taking on the winner of Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander. 
Um, we got the men's uh, finals of the tournament as Adam Cole will be taking on the winner of Samoa Joe versus Kyle O'Reilly. It is now official MJF will be facing Wardlow. In an Anarchy in the Arena match, the Jericho Appreciation Society will be taking on the team of Eddie Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, John Moxley, and Brian Danielson. In trios action, it's the Death Triangle against House of Black. The Young Bucks will be taking on the Hardys. With the TBS Championship on the line, Jay Cargill will be defending against Anna Jay. In a triple threat match with the AEW World Tag Team Championships on the line, the champions Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus will be defending against Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks and Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. With the AEW Women's World Championship on the line, Thunder Rosa will be taking on Serena Deeb. And finally, in our main event with the AEW World Championship on the line, Hangman Page will be defending against CM Punk. Not as easy as it looks. Stumble around a couple words, this and that. But speaking of the pay-per-view, we got to figure out, we had to figure out who's going to be in that men's final. Mojo, Kyle O'Reilly. And if you thought it was going to be Kyle O'Reilly, you're dumb. You really think? I saw people on going, Man, I really thought it was going to be Kyle O'Reilly. You're dumb. You really think it was going to be Kyle versus Adam? You really think it was going to be Undisputed Elite versus Undisputed Elite? You really think it's going to be buddy versus buddy? Yeah, dumb. It was always going to be freaking Samojo. Once it was announced as Samojo versus Kyle O'Reilly, everyone knew it was going to be Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. But here's the thing. They better not do some shit with Samojo and Jay Lethal in them. Because to make this tournament legit, seems to be straight up no shenanigans. I don't want Red Dragon getting involved. I don't want Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutton, Satinam Singh out there. None. Thank you, Chase Douglas. I tried. Flubbed a couple of words there, but I tried. Put me on the put me on the call, coach. Anyways. Great match though. Really fun. Joe clobbered O'Reilly early on with some strikes before the two men wrestled to the to a stalemate. I think they said that this is only the second time ever that Joe and O'Reilly shared a ring together in singles action. Joe leveled O'Reilly with a chop and laid in more strikes. Standing elbow drop from Joe got a two. O'Reilly made a brief comeback with, comeback with some strikes of his own, but was cut off with a back elbow. O'Reilly landed a diving knee drop and went for an armbar ahead of a commercial break. Once back, Joe had his arm worked over severely. He was able to fire up and landed a running senton for a two. There's a nice lariat followed for two more. Joe landed a striking combination and set up for the muscle buster, but O'Reilly fought out and turned it into a Fujiwara armbar that Joe eventually broke. He traded more strikes in the middle of the ring with Joe hitting an Inziguri and O'Reilly fighting back with a soccer kick. O'Reilly scouted an STO and rolled up Joe, but Joe kicked out and went for a rear naked choke, the Coquina Clutch. O'Reilly tried to get the counter on it, but... Going for the injured, uh, by going for the injured arm. But Joe was able to choke O'Reilly out and pick up the victory. So Joe makes it to the finals. As the show was going off the air, Adam Cole would make his way out onto the stage. He stared down Samoa Joe. Joe stared back, and the show went off the air. Um, Gabriel, I will check on that right now. So Gabriel says that AW is offering some sort of refunds for what? Hold on, hold on. What is this, Gabriel? Um, I'm on the AEW Twitter. All right. So according to A, I'm going to pull this tweet up. This is interesting. 
Oh, okay. This is not what... Okay, this is really kind of nothing, but kind of something. Due to injury last week, Sting has not been cleared to travel and will unfortunately not be at this Saturday's AEW Double or Nothing Fan Fest meet and greets for fans who purchase tickets to see the icon. Watch your inbox for information on refunds. Well, that's all it is. It's not like you're getting a full double or nothing refund. No. If you got a meet and greet to see Sting and want a refund, you get a refund. I assume you can still... Uh, because the meet and greet is, hold on, hold on. I know there's like a number of people in the one. Like they have different meet and greets. And I think Sting's in like a bunch group deal. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Twitter, let's go back to Twitter really fast. Put it all elite wrestling. I think, because I mean, I would assume him and, him and Darby are a package deal. So you can still meet and greet with Darby. But let me see if I can find it really fast. Probably not going to be able to. But basically, if you bought a Sting meet and greet ticket and you now want a refund because Sting's not going to be there, you can get one. That's all they're saying. That's all it is. It's not like you're getting a full double or nothing refund. No. I don't see. Let's see. Uh, karaoke night at FanFest. That's interesting. I wonder if they're going to let anybody sing karaoke. You're going to make you pay to get in for karaoke? Like, that's some shit. Well, I mean, I guess StarCast did it, too. StarCast made you pay. I don't know. As media, we got into everything for free, so I'm kind of jaded on that one. Um, I don't see the graphic anymore for the FanFest stuff. But I know on, like, all the double or nothing shop sales, Sting's right in the front. But Sting cannot travel to Vegas. Sting will not be at the Fan Fest. And if you had a Fan Fest ticket meet and greet to see Sting, you're going to get a potential refund. As we go forward, I want to know, you know what I thought of the paper of the show. I want to know what you guys thought of AEW Dynamite. Remember, you can put a super chat in the YouTube chat, or you can text in to 510-906-1341. Again, that's 510-906-1341. As far as the polls do go, though, we'll check those first. Let's pull up the Twitch poll. 86% of you liked tonight's Dynamite with 14% saying it was just all right. As far as the Twitter poll, let's pull the Twitter poll first. 62% liked it. 20% thought it was just all right. And 17% did not like Dynamite. And as far as the YouTube poll does go, 75% liked it, 20% thought it was just all right, and 5% did not like it. Also, remember, when we go live on just Twitch, we will still be doing Twitter and YouTube polls. The Twitter poll will be just a regular Twitter post like normal, but the YouTube poll will go up as a community post. So you'll still be able to, if you see it over there on your, your YouTube timeline, You'll still be able to vote over there on YouTube. But with that, let's check. We got a couple text messages. Not many. We got two, actually. How many of you texting tonight? Where it says, what match are you really excited for at Double or Nothing? And who do you think will show up? Well, I don't know about any surprise new people. But I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm really excited for that main event. I really think Hangman Page and CM Punk 
can be one of the best matches we've seen in AEW. One of the best. And that's a high bar to cross. This person says, is there a reason why AEW steel cage matches don't let you escape to A? We talked about this already. I have no clue. I guess they want to be different. I guess they just want to be different as far as escape the cage does not mean you win. Again, why I said they got these huge, big-ass cages. Basically, they want to make their regular cage match like their version of Hell in a Cell, I guess. Oh, one more text message just came in. Person said, the AEW was better than the past few weeks. Loved Britt versus Tony Storm match. I will agree that the, the show was better than the last couple of weeks. I did enjoy it more. But I couldn't say that I loved Britt versus Tony Storm because it was a little rough at times. It was a little rough. Um, With that, that's going to do it. For our review here of AEW Double or Nothing. Nope, we're not at Double or Nothing yet. I'm looking at Double or Nothing graphic, though. AEW Dynamite on TBS. Remember, Double or Nothing does come to us this Saturday. No, this Sunday. And we will be live following that show with all of our reviews and results and whatnot of Double or Nothing. Also, if everything goes according to plan, Nick and I, yes, I said Nick, should be recording Double or Nothing preview. Like a, not preview, but predictions tomorrow. And then they should be up tomorrow evening or afternoon, depending on when we get them done. Because also we've got the AEW Double or Nothing media call in the morning as well. That will not be streamed on the channel, but we will be putting it up right after. So with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And Twitter.com forward slash PWUnlimited. Have a great night, guys, and I'll see you next time.